0: This is the Research Café podcast. Do you hear this sound? That's right. It's the sound of dripping water. Hi everyone, it's Evelina De Leon here. I am a neuropsychiatric researcher and a first year PhD research student. And in this podcast, I will be talking about drinking excessive amounts of water and mental health. Water is an important part of the fluids in the body. It is needed to digest food and remove waste. Every cell in the body to work needs water. How many times do we hear someone telling us that we do not drink enough water or that water is good for us? It is true. Water helps to lose weight, gets rid of the toxins, improves concentration, reduces risks of cancer, and there are many other benefits that I could mention. So in general, promotes good health. The more, the better, right? Hmm, is it? Can water be actually poisonous?
1: Soladosis facit veninum. Only the dose makes the poison.
0: This is a famous quote by Paracelsus, a philosophical aphorism that indicates basic principles in toxicology. Water that supports life on this planet, like any other substance, is considered a poison. Drinking more than three liters per day is considered dangerous. So why do people drink more than they need? Taking out physiological conditions like diabetes, that makes people thirsty, one of the reasons is the current lifestyle trends where people believe that drinking a lot of fluid is healthy. But also people with mental illnesses drink excessively because they feel it improves their mood. It alleviates stress and anxiety or simply because they are bored. Psychogenic polydipsia is a term used when people with severe mental health conditions like schizophrenia drink more than three liters of fluids a day sometimes as much as 40 liters. However, the mechanism behind this behavior is unknown. My PhD study investigates psychogenic polydipsia. With me is Professor Graham Yorston, consultant forensic neuropsychiatrist at Samofius Healthcare, aka my boss, and the initiator of this area of research. Welcome, Professor Yorston. Thank you. So I joined St. Matthew's Healthcare in July 2020 to work with you on the psychogenic polydipsia project. among so many other areas of research in mental health, why did you choose psychogenic polydipsia?
1: Okay, good question. Um, I've I've been working in psychiatry for around 30 years. And over the course of my career, I've had a number of patients who've presented with psychogenic polydipsia, to the to the point that they've developed serious physical health complications as a result of it. Um, and it's been an extremely difficult thing to manage, uh, often resulting in people being on one-to-one observations, so taking up a, a member of staff 24 hours a day for for a very long time, in some cases for for years. So the cost of that and the Uh, the kind of negative impact on on someone being able to kind of rehabilitate and return to the community is is enormous. So I was very conscious um, when I was dealing with these patients that this was a, you know, a complicated uh, clinical issue. Um, And as I would normally do, I would try to see what is out there in the existing literature. And it struck me that what has been published is getting pretty old. It seemed to be a, a topic that got a lot of research 20, 30, um, twenty, thirty, forty years ago, but in recent times um has been a rather neglected subject and and there's very little of kind of modern research um focusing kind on of neurobiological aspects of, of the condition. And that's really uh, the driver for, for trying to do some more research on this, this topic.
0: Thank you. So recently, we came across a patient with unrecognized autistic spectrum disorder, and his drinking was associated with elevated anxiety and compulsive behavior. He used drinking as a soothing mechanism. Tell me more about this patient and the general risk of drinking too much water.
1: Okay, yeah, this is a very interesting patient that um, has uh, th- that was diagnosed with schizophrenia in his kind of early 20s, late teens, early 20s, um, and when I took over his care, it struck me that the history was not someone with typical symptoms of schizophrenia. There seemed to be all sorts of issues which sounded to me more like an autistic spectrum disorder and the more I looked into this and the, the, the more detail I got from talking to his his mother it became clear that, that yes he did have an autistic spectrum disorder and then schizophrenia on top and as soon as that uh, diagnostic uh, difficulty was, was solved if you like then that opened up the idea that, that some of the behavioral problems that he's exhibited over the years were not symptoms of uh, schizophrenia, but were were potentially repetitive behaviours um, that were a feature of his autistic spectrum disorder. Um, and then the more we looked at this, uh, it did seem that his, uh, his times of when he had drunk uh, excessively, and this was a real problem for him, he was in a secure unit, the water to his bedroom was cut off, it was externally isolated but he would still drink water from toilets, from the shower, from anywhere he could get hold of, of, of liquids. And it caused him uh, serious problems. He developed hyponatremia. He had to be admitted to general hospital for that. And although he didn't have any uh, permanent uh, brain damage as a result of his hyponatremia, it is something that can cause Uh, lasting um, well permanent brain damage if it's not managed carefully so he fortunately escaped that but by focusing on this particular clinical issue as a repetitive behaviour we were able to uh, and and as something that occurred when he was anxious um, we were able to find alternative ways of reducing his anxiety by allowing him to uh to do less harmful repetitive behaviors and the the thing that emerged was was him writing people's names down or as he calls it doing spellings and because we spent a lot of time uh, with him and uh, with staff encouraging him to do his spellings that reduces overall levels of anxiety and he didn't turn to drink as much um as a as a, as a self-soothing mechanism he didn't need to you know, the, the, the water and fizzy drinks that he was uh, drinking before.
0: Fantastic. Thank you.
1: Thank you. You're welcome.
0: I wanted to understand more. As I know, there are people that drink excessively without a mental health condition. So it is a very interesting area to study. My PhD research will investigate the association between dietary tryptophan, gut microbiome and psychogenic polydipsia as a compulsive behavior.